Games now. Capital 263. Welcome to... <laughs> I just recorded myself counting down there. <laughs> Welcome to Mike Set Match, your favorite sports podcast show brought to you by Capital 263. Free to say it, free to do it. We've been away for a while. I don't even remember the last uh, episode that we recorded, but uh, we're back in action and uh, hoping to bring you some quality content as usual, targeting the people who are marginalized from mainstream media, the people that are not discussed by mainstream media. If it's not um, the top teams, who's going to talk about the smaller teams and the smaller players in codes? So that's Mike said match. That's what we stand for. You know, the minority group. Um, Join us to you by Slim Sam. How's it, my guy? We're back. <laughs> we really miss this. Hello, and this is Slim Sam. We are so excited to be back. We have got like a schedule that is jam-packed. Like you're going to enjoy the podcast that we're going to be bringing. We know we've been away. We're sorry about that. But now we're back and we're definitely going to be giving you the content that you want. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's It's been a period of silence and uh, we would like to, you know, unreservedly apologize for the silence. We do have, as Slim has just mentioned, you know, we've been stocking up some content for you. And uh, we'll start it off today and uh, focusing on some of the key issues that have happened in the period that have been away. Most importantly, the big signing of the season or perhaps the next five years or even the next 25 years who knows we have a new sports minister who everyone approves of somebody who understands sports finally finally somebody who understands what sports is somebody who's been there an olympic champion come on congratulations to the new minister Kirsty coventry we really really are rooting for you everybody's happy by the appointment and we're really hopeful that now sports will take a tangent where it's not just something that people do, but it grows into the billion dollar industry that it actually is supposed to be. Definitely. Um, my gripe, <laughs> I guess, which is quite popular, you know, I really do not like our government and how it's, it's operated in the past. And uh, you you tend to have these talented guys in key ministries, but because of how we're set up, it's always going to turn around and affect all of us. So hoping that, you know, in quotes, new dispensation, etc., etc., <laughs> Kirsty can be allowed to flourish because everyone is happy with her. She's been, she's in the um, International Olympic Committee, yeah. you know, and that's like super levels of administration. And if she can start to, you know, with the right investment from the government, start to invest that sort of knowledge, that sort of experience into how the Ministry of Sport is run in the country. I would have loved it if it was just Minister of Sport without the culture and stuff. But, you know, Kirsty is 360. She's, she's someone who I can back to understand the key issues around culture in Zimbabwe and stuff like that. So I wouldn't be too phased, but I just would have loved it to focus primarily on sports. And that's the problem, isn't it? As a country, we do not value or do not see the real potential and the real value in sport. Sport should have a sport standalone ministry that caters for it. 
And if it has a standalone ministry that's doing its proper job, then it will be self-sufficient, self-running, and will start generating the money that sports usually generates. But all the same, I'm sure that Kirsty understood the task that was before her to have the other portfolios like the youth and the culture in there. And hopefully she will make sure that the sport is taken care of and she actually does what needs to be done in the Ministry of Sport. And speaking of that, I, 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 I have an issue that is close to me. Uh, <laughs> no, um, I think you might have seen a thread that was done by our handle when we were talking about the cricketers, the female cricketers, and the moves that Zimbabwe cricket is making. We understand Zimbabwe cricket is in a sport of border, and they've been asked to cut costs, and the people who are bearing the brunt of the cost-cutting measures are the ladies. And I do not understand for the life of me why. They have been, there are no matches. Let me just put it frankly. They cut costs by ensuring that there are no matches for the ladies. And how can you have a national team that doesn't have matches? Are we saying that they do not deserve to play matches? With the point system that has been put right now, the ladies are supposed to be playing matches, enough matches to garner enough points for them to be an ODI ranked team so that they start bringing in money into the association. But the association decided that no, let's just, let's just shelf them. They are not important. And that, that I cannot stand idly by and say nothing about. So I hope Kirsty Coventry got a chance to look at the thread that we did. We have solutions, like seriously. She should just, you know, knock around a few doors of corporates and ask one of the corporates to adopt the team. You know, I, I, they, they, their needs are not that much. And, you know, already they, they don't end as much as the guys, and we've talked about this before. Yeah. So if she knocks a few doors, a corporate comes in, sponsors the girls, pays their salaries, ensures that they tour a little bit. You know what? That team will cater for itself when they make ODI status. They're a good team, and I believe they can make ODI status given the games that they need to play. Yeah, it's it's particularly important that, uh, or in my in my opinion, that we have a lady running the ministry. Hopefully, you know some of the issues that we've always raised on Mike said match will be addressed. You know the, how women are looked down upon in terms of investment and resources. Um, they're seen as the other, really, and the focus is largely on the men's teams. But the men's teams, when you look at the results on the ground, it's actually the ladies' teams that are performing better in most of the instances. We've raised, you know, how the mighty Warriors team is always doing very well. They flew all the way to Brazil for the Olympic Games, came back to Zimbabwe and had to get my 50 cents just to, you know, ride back home. No one is taking them home and stuff like that. No transport provided for them except combis and stuff like that so it is a key area that we are passionate about is Mike said match but as well you know that we hope that because Kirsty is there she understands the issues surrounding sweet, uh, sport and women in the country that we can start to see some you know trying to move and have a sort of balance of course you know the numbers are naturally going to be more for the men's game if uh, Zim men's team is playing and Zim men's women, the women's team is playing the same day, most people are going to watch the men's team and, you know, they'll naturally want to reap out of that investment. But uh, if we do make an effort to push the women's game, 
I'm sure it it will be up there. Look at uh, how many numbers follow Serena when she's playing a tennis game. You know, yeah. she's quite popular and she's a she's a woman and yeah. the sport is popular through her. So the more investment that goes in, then the better the sport will grow. So we're just hopeful and uh, excited about the appointment, uh, Cassie's appointment. And as um, you know, as was we just previously previously saying you know it's something that we're just expecting some change in the whole system in the way things are run um must go but that's <laughs> but that's but a topic know, for another day I've, I've always said that it's not about the associations per se it's about the sports and recreation commission they were doing a proper job then associations cannot run amok so i believe the first port of call should be making sure the sports and recreation commission is doing its proper job then you wouldn't have people hanging in because the moment she tries to like play with the associations then we are chucked out of major tournaments we cannot have that but if she cleans up the sports and recreation commission and has a commission that actually holds these associations to account then we will actually have um the association sanity back in the associations was just that see Zifa they uh, the new politician over there who's supposed to have done elections a long time ago is you know just hanging in and dancing on is it Facebook live I don't know where he dances he's always posting <laughs> videos of him dancing but yeah hopefully the new minister will bring sanity to Zimbabwe cricket which incidentally is in South Africa for some ODI cricket Yeah, I'm not expecting too much uh, since Sikandaraz is not part of the team. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, not really expecting too much. I think we've gone from a point where really expected stuff from the Zimbabwe team to just going through the motions. It's the same players, same group of failures who get keep getting selected and um so really, you know, we can't expect anything different from the same methods cannot say that about our captain how can you say that about our captain <laughs> oh dear if you, if, if you, i only recognize one captain in Graham Kramer or Brendan Taylor Hamilton Masakadza nah man it's it's really it's just repetitive failure so well you did do the, no, no, no 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 didn't no, you say no, he better well in the no. first match well in South Africa? No, well, well, well. It, If, well, if, well, in relative <laughs> to the rest of the team. No, no, no. Really, that's not a bad, that's not a captain's innings. Yes, we were bowled 117 all out with Hamilton Masakadza getting a 25, Chigumbura getting a 27, Weli Masakadza getting a 15 and PJ Moore getting 13. The rest could not even reach double figures. You know, we are so used to failure that we are going to applaud the 25 by Masakadza. Okay, that's really good by his standards, but come on, come on. <laughs> no, that's his standard, actually. <laughs> that's his standard. You know Masakadza get, gets into the 20s and that's And yeah, it. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Uh, I believe that he's supposed to be mentoring some young guys over there. Maybe being in charge of the betting in, in under 19, under 17 setup or something along those lines. Writing a book about how he made... Uh, test debut at a very young age but playing cricket you know you know it's time yeah the ship has sailed and you know i believe that i cannot take the team seriously as long as he's still part of the team and we're still as a captain so yeah like i said zimbabwe was bowled out for 117 and it took south africa about 26 overs to actually chase the score they got 119 for five and you know i, I was reading i always read this articles about 
uh, the cricket and the analysis and how they try and sugarcoat it. I've always said, stop getting those brown envelopes, journalists. <laughs> it doesn't work. The, I read an article that was saying that the batsmen did not come to the party, but the bowlers did. Bowlers came to the party. They chased it in 26 overs. How did the bowlers come to the party? I do not understand well, I that. guess when you're defending 117 or whatever low score that was, you know, it's, it's somehow, <laughs> you know, if it gets one or two wickets, you've come to the party because the idea and the assumption is that if you'd hit more, then the bowling, judging by how they were bowling, could have done some defensive work. But oh. really, it's, it's all chaos. I will tell you. I still do not believe that we have a bowling attack that can take 10 wickets. And I say this because, yes, we're playing uh, ODIs right now. We're going to Red Bull Cricket in Bangladesh very soon. Mm -hmm. And you do not win a test match if you cannot take 10 wickets. So if we do not bowl well, and bowling well is not just about getting lucky, but some of our bowlers get lucky. One good ball in 12 deliveries and eventually the batsman fishes at something outside the line and, you know, gets caught. We do not have bowlers that bowl the consistent line and length that would get us wickets. We do not... Okay, sometimes our spin bowlers, are they are there, but most of the time, if you're just one good bowler, he's being respected by the batsman and you'll punish the rest of the bowlers. We do not have bowlers that are really, really doing the work. I know uh, Jarvis sometimes tries, but, you know, uh, it's not really showing what I thought it would show after his stint in county cricket there. It's just, you know, but then again, you know, Jarvis was injured, so hopefully he'll come back stronger. Uh, in the bowling department, though, um, it was Chetara who was bowling well. He got two wickets for 12 runs. That he was bowling pretty good, and hopefully he keeps that up. Yeah, Willy Masaka also got two for 26 runs, but, you know, it was a lost cause anyways, but... It helps to see bowlers putting their back into it, even though the score was low and it was a lost cause already. It's very nice to see a bowler, you know, just putting in the work. So Chatara is showing the signs that I'm I'm looking for, and hopefully we'll see a little bit of more of that in the second ODI. Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> all the best to you, Zimbabwe cricket fans. <laughs> hopefully uh, you get the good cricket you deserve. I've I've really fallen off Zimbabwe cricket right now. I'm, I'm like I said earlier. I'm just going through the motions. It's now just flowing. Oh, they did well. Oh, great. Oh, they failed. Oh, great. <laughs> Again, you know, there's not much really to look forward to at the moment. Everyone's not performing to where we expect them. We keep changing the coaches. We now are under Rajput or something like that. Um, sounds like a former Pakistani or. Sri Lankan, I'm not sure where he's from, yeah. but he's, he should be from that area, I'm sure. He's the one leading the team right now. I have no knowledge of what he's done or what he's, where he's been, but the key issue really is, as long as the management is how it is, as long as there's not enough investment being put into cricket development from early stage, then, you know, we, we can't really go beyond that. And as long as we have Prosport here leading our under 19 team, <laughs> I'll forever have, a, have an issue with Prosport here. But as long as we have him in system, you know, this, we're just going in circles. So once a year, we're going to beat a big team in one match and it will raise our excitement. 
but we've really fallen off from the time we beat uh, Sri Lanka away. You know what? It, it, what will happen is that the brown envelope journalists who write stories like, you know, like it's a success story. One, even if we're close, they're going to hype it all up. And that's the problem. We are now so used to the mediocrity that we actually praise it. And that's the problem that I have. We're not playing good cricket. I'm sure any team is just chopping at the bits to play Zimbabwe because they know that, you know, they can throw in a few debutants who do well and a player was out of form or regain his form. You see, we are the team that play that other teams uh, make records from. So it's, 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 it's we cannot, it's, it's, it's not right. It's not right. The new coach, he selected Damuto Masakata. So I, 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 I cannot take him seriously. Can I? Can I? <laughs> I cannot yeah, take but him But how do you drop someone like Masakata? How do you leave him out? You know, it's, you, it's, you, you tell him, stay home. Stay get, home. You know, get so political and politicized. I'm sure he has his connects. The only way Masakata is going to be dropped. He's got nudes. He's got someone's nudes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the only time, he was dropped by heat streak for some time. And but, look how uh, that turned out for you. Yeah, <laughs> then he came back, but you know, not really much was shown. But uh, I think the only way he's gonna drop is if he, he retires himself. If he decides, you know, it's time up. I'm not giving anything to the Zimbabwe team right now. Let other players come through. Let other new talents try and do what he couldn't do or what he cannot no longer do. Sort of thing. But as long as the other players score less than Amuto Masakata, it's hard to make a case for them. Because here, he's, he's one of the top scorers in a low-scoring total. The other players need to step up. We need to start seeing, you know, like what Tarim Sakanda did when they played, the Zim Select played in the Africa T20 tournament, where he was actually selected in the team of the tournament. He was yeah. actually the captain for the select team. That's what I'm talking about. Put your hand up, play good cricket, make it easy for us to make the noise and say, you know what, Amuton Masakaza does not deserve to be in the team. It was this and that player playing better. But at this rate, you know, you just go like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best. You see, I, I'm scoring higher than any other player. So you <laughs> need to raise your standard, Zimbabwe players. We cannot keep making, yes, 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 resources are not there, we know. But at the end of the day, just do your best and your best has to be better than Amuton Masakansa, please. <laughs> yeah, the standards are quite low. Now, um, on to our next topic, talking about how people are using, you know, minimal resources for maximum effect. We have our faves, <laughs> everyone and everyone else's faves on Twitter, uh, Bloy Chiefs. Uh, they're not in studio, but... Uh, <laughs> We just so no, you know what, you Bloyer Chiefs guys, we really need you in the studio. You guys rock, you have just invigorated Zim Twitter, especially in the sporting fraternity. You woke up the giants that were sleeping, and for that, for that, and nobody can match you with even AS Roma is admiring that you guys, you know, you rock. So, we need you in the studio. You come, you sit, you know, it's, it's a podcast, we want your identities to remain safe. We just want you to give the nation, you know, the tidbits that how you've managed to run that account to that effect. 
and please 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 make sure the ninjas don't get relegated <laughs> we need yeah, you in well, the but it's going to be tough because you know it's either it's, I really feel it's going to be Dynamos or Chiefs I know you were going to say that. and I know the Zanu folk are going to pull all the strings in the world to make sure Dynamos <laughs> doesn't get relegated okay before before we even go there like yeah. you know that the PSO needs Dynamos more than Dynamos needs the PSO right yeah the numbers definitely we we do but i think sport in zimbabwe needs dynamos to get relegated <laughs> because yes it will just raise the level of competition in division one football people take a bit more interest in division one football get we'll start to know a bit more about the players in division one just because of dynamos being in that sort of league it would be chaotic and fun <laughs> since I'm a Caps United fan. <laughs> it would be absolutely something that I would banter for the next 10 years. Talk would, about it. I would definitely Dynamo Sotskira because definitely, yeah. wow. Yeah, it, it, it would be fun. And I would even love to get a Dynamo's player or two in the studio after that happens or if it happens. But I don't see them going down. Hopefully, the other team, there's uh, another team uh, involved in that battle as well. It should be some team called Nikrit or something there like that. Nikrit and Yada. Yeah. These are the teams that are fighting. Yeah, those, and Blawaya Chiefs, let's not. Yeah. They're still yeah, there. Exactly. They're not safe, but they're above Dynamos, you know. Type <laughs> thing. And with uh, six games to go before the season ends, I assure, I'm sure Dynamos will pick up a couple of more points. I'm, and, you know what? I'm a Dynamos fan, but I know that there's going to be a controversial game where Dynamos <laughs> just pick up three points and the referee was bungling, you know. You know, it's just, you know, that's what Dynamos does. It's, 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 it has happened before. And yeah, yeah, that's what I'm it's saying. Not, that's not sport. I really hope Dynamos survive on their own. A whole lot of people are going to pull the necessary <laughs> strings if they have to to just get make sure that Dynamos uh, go uh, and play again in the Premier League next season. And then a bit of uh, some news about the Premier League. Ngezi Platinum fired their coach Tundra and Diraya this uh, afternoon. Tundurai, I guess, you know, he's, he's been in charge of the team for the past two and a half years. Gezi has invested so much into the side. They've built one of the best stadiums in the country. Um, and they were expecting that this season is the season that they come up and perhaps even win the title. They started very well, but they since fell off. You know, they went on a dry run for a while. And it's the ninjas. You know, it's the ninjas, right? <laughs> oh yes, exactly. They the ninjas, the bloggers, bloggers, <laughs> and it went downhill from there. Yeah. You ninjas, come on! You've got another coach fired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, um, Tonra is out of the job. Um, Gaze really wanted to win the title. They've got uh, great players, but now FC Platinum looks like they're just gonna go on the double experience, experience counting better there. Uh, I think it was a bit rash from the Ngezi management to fire Tundra and Dira, but unless you know they're getting a super manager, and there's only one super manager in the country, I believe, and that's Kalista Pasua. He won four times on the trot with uh, Dynamos. Uh, he's a manager that I believe could be the only one who would really take Ngezi Platinum to the next plat- uh, next level. You do have the Sunday Marie Moors. Um, you know, he's currently the Warriors manager. And 
perhaps the more seasoned coaches and the likes of uh, Roman Gumbo, etc. <laughs> going to say yeah. Moses Chunga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Moses, but I, I don't think you'd be in there to chase a title. But they definitely do have uh, someone uh, coming up next. I understand uh, the Ndiraya um, already knew about it. I saw Yvonne Mangunda, journalist from Star FM, tweeted about it that they already had discussions. Ndiraya knew who was taking over. And uh, so, you know, something new for the team. But uh, yeah. You know, I, I actually believe that Tundiraya Ndiraya belongs at Dynamos. Is the coach that is an unfinished job at Dynamos. So if they can, you know, hash that out that, that the way he was fired from Dynamos last time and give him back his job, I believe you would actually do well if Dynamos survive relegation. Yeah, now you're going to look at him. Does he want to go back to Dynamos after the way they just dished him yeah, when but... they'd gotten in something new, you know? they Are they going to do it the second time? It's, no. it's, there's so much in the air. There is, there is a bit of management change at Dynamos, so hopefully that's what under the bridge. <laughs> we, need, we really need him to come back and, you know, like, you know, build the team that he can. Because I know at Ngezi, it looks like it didn't work out, but he built a formidable team. And his team was a joy to watch, really. They played some good football. It just, you know, sometimes in football, there's just a blip that happens that you cannot when the team starts going down and you just can turn it around. I think that's something that has happened. So I really hope Tundra and Ndiraya comes back to Dimbari. It's Dimbari <laughs> Yeah, I really want him there. Well, talking about uh, managers being fired, we do have on the international's uh, level, we do have uh, our non-stop battles <laughs> as Man United, Jose Mourinho, Paul Pogba, and Manchester United. What is the way forward with that team? <laughs> Jose in, keep him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd love that, right? <laughs> yeah, there's just been so much chaos. You know, I, I stick by the fact that, you know, Paul Pogba, well, someone was has the theory that Paul Pogba is the stronger character in the dressing room and he will stand for what every other player is is arguing, you know, he'll, he'll put himself on the line to s- share what the players want to share, maybe in order to drive Jose Mourinho out of Man United. But the way he's gone about it, you know, it's, it just starts, it sets a bad precedent, I, I believe. You know, the next manager might, if he doesn't win the next, these first five games, how's Pogba going to react to that? And is he going to also come out and start, you know, accusing the manager of everything and all the things that he can accuse him of. But at the same time, you know, the seeds were sown by Jose Mourinho. He's very, he's perhaps a little too honest. You, If he doesn't like you, he doesn't like you. And he plays in a certain way of football. And if you don't fit into that, you're trying to be too extra <laughs> then you're also going to be on a collision course you know this is the third season syndrome that Jose Mourinho always falls for and it's pretty sad that we saw it coming right he wins okay the second season he wins something third season he loses the dressing room he starts accusing players of sabotage as usual 
you know, we've seen it at Chelsea, we've seen it at Real Madrid. Seems like we've seen it at Chelsea again. Seems like it's just a cycle of something that he does. Jose Mourinho is a winner. Yes, we know, but he's there's just something. He's he's egotistic, and you know, he does not. He doesn't want anyone else showing some qualities that would challenge him. Of course, Paul Pogba as a player might have gone. He might be a bit wrong. But, you know, the Paul Pogba that played for France and the Paul Pogba that plays for Manchester United are different. And it's all down to the manager and the system that he's creating. If Paul Pogba is one of your best players, then I understand you should create a system that suits him. And there are things that he said about Manchester United that I actually agree with. You're playing at Old Trafford Mm -hmm. with the fans behind you. What are you supposed to do? Attack, attack, attack. That's what we expect. But now you see at Old Trafford, uh, the, the match you're not really attacking you're just playing you are Manchester United you are the giant of okay the giant of England is Liverpool <laughs> I'm kidding the giant of England is Liverpool but you are one of the giants of England and you know one of the traditional giants not you know these these pretenders Manchester City you know and you know the other pretenders like Chelsea so if you are a giant a traditional giant with the tradition of Manchester United, then you're supposed to attack. Old Trafford is supposed to be a fortress, and that's not what it looks like right now. Jose Mourinho's team looks leaderless. It looks like, you know, they're not playing for the manager anymore. And the honest truth is, at some point in time, he has to go. Yeah, um, we're all expecting that at, at the end of the season, he's gone. And, uh, Can you wait until the end of the season? Uh, we're possibly going to wait. There's, there's no rush. There's, I don't think there's any significant reason at the moment that we should fire him, unless he loses the next five matches. Then that's trouble. You know, you know that uh, at the end of November, you've got like a run of matches that is like a run from hell. Yeah, and but you know, <laughs> yeah. we, we've done well with him in the big matches it's yeah, always been in the small small matches in the smaller team matches that we're losing it that's where we lost the the major number of points last year uh, what was the gap 15-19 points yeah. from City and if you look at that we drew the likes of Stoll you know a whole lot of these smaller teams we didn't even perform very well and that's been the issue even this season we come back to this season we're losing to Brighton. We're not playing well against. We're losing to West Ham of all teams, you know. So <laughs> it's a bunch of these small teams that are always causing trouble. So in the big matches, I'm a bit, you know, hopeful. I know the Jose will come out. Jose will get that point if he needs to get that point in the big matches. Spurs, but he just. Yeah, Spurs last season. This season, I'm talking about. Yeah, I was going to start from last season, how they've found a way to dominate United. But look at the race of the other teams. It's either we lose away, but come to Old Trafford, we win, or we draw away, come to Old Trafford, we win, sort of thing. So he's got his way around the big teams, but it's the smaller guys that he's just not getting the, the results from. So I don't think we'll be patient enough to give him another season. I don't think there's much he can do this season to actually turn around. Maybe a semi-final position in what I think is an is a possible in the UEFA tournament, uh, the Champions League. You can you can find your way 
around the tournament. You can park your bus right through to the finals. Chelsea showed it. They've got a title right now just by parking their bus from <laughs> from the end of the group stages all the way to the final. You know, they've done it. So it's, yeah. it's a tournament that you can do something like that. So if Jose last season, he was knocked out in the last 16 yeah. to, to Sevilla. But if you look at the run that Sevilla had, if they if Jose had managed, he was going to be in the quarters, semis maybe, you never know. So if it, perhaps the only thing that I can see saving him this year is if he actually gets, or is a, if he gets to December with the job, mm-hmm. if he doesn't get to December with the job, then that's well, it's done, it's done. And uh, hopefully the next manager, for me, I'd love it to be a United man, preferably uh, Ryan Giggs. So you think, yeah, getting him from his um, um, international management job and convincing him to come to Manchester United. Yeah, well, you'd, you'd jump at that. I know you would, yeah. He left United <clears throat> right now because he even refused to be assistant to Jose just because he wants to be the main man. Um, after you know two seasons under LVG, he just decided it's time up. You know he's done with being the assistant. He wants to be the top dog. So you definitely jump at the opportunity as soon as it's available. And so, everyone would be rooting for a former United player to just lead the team for now in the transition phase, try and rebuild. I don't know. We've been rebuilding for the past six, five seasons. Yeah, you, <laughs> with, you all with different managers, all with different results. So yeah, it's, so no Zidane for you then. I, I, I'm not in this Zidane hype. I, I feel like there's no reason why Zidane would should get the job I had with someone like Giggs. Someone like Giggs who understands what we stand for as United, who we are. Give him a shot. Um, Real Madrid, yeah, far better team than what United looks like right now. But they gave Zizou that chance to build a team. Well, he didn't do much building, but he managed the team very well, exceptionally well. So give Ryan Giggs a job to rebuild. He understands the academy. He came, up, he came from the academy at United. He, he's got that respect around the stadium. He can, I feel he's actually one of the people who can tell Pogba off to say, you know, if you're not going to play like you want to play for this team, then F off type thing. He's, I remember, you know, Giggs, one of his seasons, he's the one who's, you know, castigating Cristiano Ronaldo when Cristiano was all about the dribbles and not the results. Yeah. He was the one constantly, when Cristiano was at the peak, everyone was celebrating him for every single touch. Giggs was always checking him, you know, what are you doing? Is it effective type thing? Yeah. So he, I feel like he's the person who can come in and tell Pogba to sit down and Pogba will sit. Yeah, I understand that and I think, yeah, it's, it seems like these days, the clubs don't give their the people who understand the club a chance to run. Like in Spain, they give them a chance. All those Guardiolas, yeah, those Zidans, yeah. it's because they're given a chance by their clubs. So yeah, I, I understand why you would root for gigs, for gigs. And you know, now that you've mentioned it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But you know, people are going <laughs> for Zidane. Oh yeah, no, well, well, because of how we set up, you know, right now with Ed Woodward, he's more about the glamorous signing than the reasonable <laughs> signing you will sign you uh, an Alexis Sanchez but you will not go for a Riyad Mahrez for example 
type thing. He wants that glamorous, that that's signing that is going to get more money for United, basically. As opposed to the correct type of signing, someone who be effective, someone who play in the correct position that we require. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the issues that we have as well. Okay, so let's talk about the other teams then. Liverpool, Chelsea, City. Who do you think is the enough tools to actually go for the league? Or let me just ask, who are the title <laughs> contenders? Yeah, well, um, I watched Chelsea versus Liverpool over the past weekend. And uh, as the game was going, I was like, ah, no, you know what? Uh, Liverpool have really given up on them. They don't. When Chelsea started playing in the first half, when Chelsea was playing in the first half, you know, Liverpool was really, for me, I was I was beginning to write them off. But the way they battled in the second half, there was some resilience, you know, coming back and dominating the match in the second half, really. You know, the position was everything. 65% to like 35 at some point. Yeah. They came out to like really fight back. And in the end, they got their point. You know, very good shot by Sturridge and they got the point. That's that's a mark of a, uh, of a very solid team. And looking back at last season, you know, they were one of the teams to actually destroy City when City needed to be destroyed. Of course, um, did we beat them? Yeah, we we, we won it at Etihad, but you know the way Liverpool would just refuse to let City play. If they can do that, for me, it's really going to be down to City and Liverpool. I was a bit worried, but you know that fight back against Chelsea showed me a team that really wants to do something special this season. So. Hopefully, they can... Uh, oh, why am I saying hopefully? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, perhaps because I hate City more than I do Liverpool. Yeah. You know, so if they can manage to take, get City off that title, that championship, I just don't want Pep to win. It's fine. Liverpool can go, you know, get their first title in forever. But I just don't want Pep and City to win again. So Chelsea, you know, Eden Hazard is coming out to play. He's, yeah. he's really the best player in the league right now. Um, he did fall off in the second half against Liverpool. Yeah, uh, Some cracks here and there, but you, I, I guess you're never going to be 100% all the time. But very fabulous player, very fantastic player. And um, they're going to be up there. So my top three is going to be those three. City, Liverpool and uh, Chelsea. Uh, the battle for fourth is going to be... That's going to be a battle. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be all of us. Um, <laughs> Arsenal in there, uh, Spurs in yeah. there, and uh, Jose trying to salvage something in there yeah. as well. So that's just it. Also, Chelsea are definitely going to get through in their Europa group. Yeah. So when they start to focus a bit more in, on Europa, uh, come the second half of the season, that's when I expect them to sort of maybe fall back and drop into that third position. But uh, yeah, so the, my top three is of, of based off of those three teams. You know, as a Liverpool fan, I, you know, I I am always cautiously optimistic about these things. But here's the thing: I realize that it's a squad that gets you the league, and right now Liverpool have a bench that actually can change a game when the yeah, game is not yeah. going their way. And for that reason, I am a bit more optimistic 
that this just might be our year but you know <laughs> you know you know you know we've, we've seen this before and as a Liverpool fan you know I have to be cautiously optimistic but I really believe that we are in the title fight right now and the match against City on Sunday is going to be one that's going to indicate how this battle is going to go hopefully much of the same we beat City and we keep our unbeaten run hopefully that we go into the international break with an unbeaten run yeah so well, I guess uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> you just don't want to say anything I, I don't, nice I, I, about I, I, Liverpool it, it's okay it, it's you've just, exhausted all the nice things you can say about Liverpool it's, it's refusing <laughs> to come on but uh, on that end you know um, I guess we have to end the show today it's been great uh, it's been a nice comeback uh, so slowly and surely we are coming back with great content exciting content as usual watch out for our next episode after this one and it's going to be an exclusive interview with uh, someone that you will enjoy listening to so um, watch out for that one from myself Lizwe and Slim Sam it's bye bye for now and now, and now. Capital 263